Welcome to Tantra Cafe. This is Laurie Handlers, your host. Tantra Cafe is a program for spiritual enlightenment, and I am so happy to be here, so happy to do this. This is really one of my favorite things in life, this show. I want to let you know that you can get in touch with me. You can write to me at Laurie at Butter, sorry, Laurie at TantraCafe.com, or you can find me on Twitter or Facebook if you want to ask me any questions about the show. If you have suggestions for the show, like who should be my guests. And also, if you want to get in touch with any of my guests and you somehow miss the information, you can always write to me at Laurie at Tantra Cafe. So, menopause. Menopause is a kind of a tough time of life for women. It's a huge challenge for most women. I don't know about all of you out there, but my mother really didn't tell me anything about it. I had no idea what was going to happen. I didn't know about hot flashes. I didn't know about dryness, vaginal dryness, and also sometimes lack of sexual desire. And today, my guest is somebody who is an expert in women staying juicy throughout their lives, especially post-menopausal. So this is exciting. I, I mean, it's exciting for me to hear, and it's exciting for me to have somebody share this knowledge of how to stay juicy in life, because women, they owe it to themselves to be juicy in life. My guest is Crystal Dawn Morris, and she draws on a diverse background of experiences. She's an RN, registered nurse, She's a Reiki master, she's a shamanic practitioner, and she's also an intimacy and relationship coach. She's a nurse midwife and has been involved in women's health since 1984. She's a certified sky dancing tantra teacher, we'll find out what that is, and she's the founder of Tantra for Awakening. And she's been studying tantra since 1989, so she's going to tell us how she put all these things together and connected them so she could come up with how women could stay juicy. Crystal Dawn, it is my pleasure to have you today on Tantra Cafe. Yeah, good, good afternoon, Laurie. It's great to be here. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So how, I mean, we have to just go right to it. How, what happens to women that keeps them from feeling that sexual power, the sexual energy going through their veins. I mean, when they're younger, it's it's racing there unless somebody, you know, told them no or slapped them out of it. What's what's the problem here? What what's the problem? Well, I think you know, there's a, there's quite a few different things going on. I mean, on the on the hormonal level, there's a shift in the hormones. The um, as as a woman's approaching menopause, um, she begins that perimenopausal period that can last from, you know, five to ten years, in some cases even longer, before she goes into menopause. And so that's when uh, women will begin noticing some change, changes in their in, in their body, in their emotions, in their sexuality. And, um, and often that can be a challenging time because they're still having regular periods, or they're having periods anyway, maybe not as regular as they used to be. Um, but they're often going through uh, the, the shifts of the hormones beginning to um, to change, and there's a decrease in the estrogen and the progestin and the um, 
and also the oxytocin uh, changes a bit, and as well as the the testosterone, because women also have testosterone. And so those, as those hormones begin to shift, there may be a change in the libido, uh, in the amount of uh, vaginal secretions, and uh, and that shift in their emotion, in their emotions, and um, and also, um, oftentimes, women just may just, they might have a need to, to be more in, inward, you know, going to, through some uh, kind of in, internal processes. And, you know, I, uh, the first time I ever noticed that anything was different, I just want to tell you, I, was, I had a coworker who had a coffee cup, and her coffee cup said, I'm a woman off of estrogen, I'm a woman out of estrogen, and I have a gun. I didn't really understand that because I wasn't going through perimenopause or menopause then myself, so I couldn't understand what what did that mean. You know, be careful, I'm out of estrogen and I, I have a gun. So um, these mood swings or this need to go inwards, I mean, how well prepared are women for this? I would say probably women are more prepared now than they than they were say 20 years ago because there's been a lot more written about it and I think there is more um I think you know 20 to 30 years ago the only option was either do nothing or take hormone replacement and uh and now there's you know women have a lot more options they're aware that there's other alternatives like natural um you know, uh, herbs and tinctures and different food supplements and um, bio-identical hormones and all these different ways of approaching um, also med- meditation, yoga, and tantra, all these other ways of working with things energetically as well as nutritionally and um, and sort of the uh, what Susan Wee calls the wise woman, wise woman approach, where you're you're giving your body um, herbs and things that will nourish it, versus just the idea of taking hormone replacement therapy, which we know has some negative, um, da- you know, dangers of, of heart disease and cancer and other things. Yeah, so that's think- whole, that whole hormone replacement therapy is scary. I mean, it's yeah. scary to me, and yet. The women that I know who have taken it have, uh, they didn't have all the, the things I had. I mean, mm-hmm. I had hot, I had hot flashes for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I can remember being in a, uh, in a business meeting and saying to the people that I, that I was meeting with, you know, right now there's a fountain coming out of my face. Do you see it? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it was so obvious to me that uh, something was happening and I didn't want to take that hormone replacement therapy so it was scary also my mother didn't cooperate at all I mean I asked her if she felt that she wanted to kill people when she was going through menopause and she said no she didn't even know what I was talking about right. and uh, and then I asked my father and he said oh yeah she had a really hard time with it so you oh know, wow interesting <laughs> I find that fascinating. Because I, I ask, um, I ask my mother, you know, how old she was when she went through menopause, and did she have any symptoms? And she, she didn't even remember. She's like, I don't remember when I went through it, and I don't remember having anything. And I was like, really? You don't even remember? Like, you know, it seems like it's kind of an important change, you know, in your life when you stop having periods that you would might notice at least the age you were. And right. She, she, 
claims that she doesn't know. So now, you know, that that's uh, interesting um, that your your mom didn't remember either. <laughs> Um, yeah. so I think, I think she just of, didn't want to tell. I don't know if she was, you know, I think she just didn't want to tell the truth. She was so happy it was over. Yeah. But also, the denial is a wonderful thing. You know, <laughs> when things are challenging, people often go into denial, and, and it's easier than having to uh, remember the difficult and challenging parts. Yeah, I'm not I, too um, much into denial myself, so, I, you know, I don't, I don't agree with that. But I, you know, and it certainly left me so... Wanting to know and so isolated because I, I think I was the first of my friends to go through it. Uh, mm. I probably wasn't in truth, but in, in a particular circle of people, I was the first person to go through it. And I was studying Tantra then, mm-hmm. and I was just learning to surrender. I just said to myself, okay, I, I don't know what else to do, so I'm going to surrender to all this sweating. Yeah. Yeah, for, for me, it was... um I was actually, it was actually very interesting timing because I had just found out that my um, my son's wife well, uh, was pregnant. She had just found out she was pregnant, and um, and then within a week, while I was making love, I had my first hot flash. And I didn't know what it, at the time. It didn't occur to me that that's what it was. I was just like, "What the heck is going on?" Because I just had this huge rush of this heat going through my whole body at the after having an orgasm, and and uh, and I was trying to think of like, had I? And it was all like prickly, and I just felt really bizarre. And I thought, "Oh my God, did I eat? Did I take some kind of new? Did I eat something I'm allergic to, or did I take some kind of new vitamins that I'm having a reaction to, or something?" And then after about 15 minutes or so later. I was like, oh, my God, that was a hot flash. And wow. um And I was only 42 when I had my first hot flash. And um, and I had, and I went through that for about, um, well, I stopped bleeding when I was 50. So from 42 to 50 for eight years, I was having some hot, you know, hot flashes. Not horrible sweating, but I certainly went through that with some of that with the night sweating. And, um, and at the time, I was really involved. With shamanism, I was doing a whole three-year intensive shamanic training that I had just actually uh, did a whole two-week intensive the month before that I got my first hot flash. So I, I also felt like I was moving so much of my energy and going more and more into doing this kind of energetic healing work, and I felt like that was part of it, too, while it was so intense. You know, I had the same – I was at the same age of everything you just said, so we're kind of like – we're menopausal twins. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty intense because the other thing that happened was um, was I know that my libido did shift somewhat. Um, and I don't know that it was that I wanted sex less, but I wanted more intimacy in the sexuality. And I wasn't just, I wasn't interested in so much just sex for the sake of making love, you know, I wanted to the really, on that, I wanted that deeper spiritual connection. And So um, you were, you were over casual, you were over any kind of casual that might have ever been in your life at that time. Yeah, I just felt like I needed to go deeper, and the, the man I was with really loved sex, but he wasn't really into, um, you know, he, he wasn't into to going, like, he didn't like to talk about feelings a lot, or he wasn't so interested in going to those, those deeper places. And he just kind of wanted to stay the way it had been, which had been really good. Uh, and so for me, I noticed that I went into a period of, of 
of having less sex and wanting to go more inward and feeling like I was needing to to cultivate sort of my inner life. And I think that happens for a lot of women. They're feeling the need to go inward. And um, and often that's the same time when your kids are becoming teenagers and, you know, you're going through, you know, often that's a time when your career is, is uh, at a point where you're needing to, you know, really show up in a lot of ways. So there's a lot of stress. Yeah. And so I think it's an interesting, it's interesting timing um, for, for women um, who are kind of trying to make it in the fast-paced world as professional women. Um, yeah. I've worked, yeah. I worked in San Francisco in uh, a family planning clinic, and uh, also I did a free clinic down in the Mission um, d- during the um, early 90s, uh, mid-90s, and um and it was interesting because I worked with some Hispanic women who were going through menopause, and I would ask them, you know, are they having hot flashes? Are they noticing anything? And they're all telling me, no, no, it's all great. They weren't noticing anything. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Uh, I wonder what that is. But I, I think partly they have a simpler life. You know, these were women. They, they didn't have – they weren't working outside the home. They were um, mainly homemakers and um, – and 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 kind of a little bit rounder, you know, had that little extra padding, which right, was, more which estrogen a little more, in yeah, a little more estrogen uh, stability. So I found that somewhat interesting. Yeah, so I think I think for women today, um, having you know, there is there do they do have more knowledge around options, and I, I you know of of supplements, etc. But I also think um, we're still kind of conditioned to think we're not supposed to – we're supposed to continue on with the status quo versus maybe saying, you know what, I need to shift my life a bit so I can be more present with what's going on in my body and on, on a spiritual level too. Well, we're going to uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about that when we come back. Uh, we're going to find out how to shift your life and then how to keep it juicy. My guest today is Crystal Dawn Morris, and I recently met her in person. We've been in communication for a long time, but I recently met her in person at the International School of Temple Arts Conference. And that School of Temple Arts was founded by Baba Des Nichols. And the aim is to develop conferences and trainings worldwide, along with a consortium of practitioners and educators like us, to cooperate and benefit from expanding the network of temple arts across continents and cultures. If you want to find out more about that, please go to the schooloftemplearts.com. That's schooloftemplearts.com. In the meantime, please stay tuned for more on Tantra Cafe. We're going to really find out about this juiciness, so we'll be right back. Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug, Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, 
Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself, and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown. And then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh, every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me. Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. Thanks for staying tuned. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. And my guest today is Crystal Dawn Morris, who is a, who has studied many things, as well as being an RN, registered nurse. She's a Reiki master. She's a shamanic practitioner. And she's a relationship and intimacy coach. And she started studying Tantra in 1989, and we're going to find out from her how someone can keep themselves juicy, perhaps without being a little bit rounder and without having more estrogen, as she described in the last segment, like what the difference between possibly working career women and uh, and some the group she'd mentioned were Hispanic women who didn't leave the house to go out to work. So... So what else did you find out? Because I, I mean, I just think this whole subject is fascinating, and I know that it had me. I mean, it had me, it had me in its throes. I used to go to sleep with the covers on, throw them off, put them on again, throw them off, use air conditioning in the winter. I mean, I did all these things that people thought I was crazy, and my partner at the time thought I was really, really out of my mind. So, um, so what's some things that what what can women do? I mean, you you mentioned you you ran off a whole list of things. What would be the first thing a woman might want to face, rather than denial? What would be one of the first things she might want to face when she first started realizing a change? Well, I think one. I think there's a few things that can be really helpful. One thing is, I think it can be helpful to keep a journal about and noticing what's kind of kind of getting more present with yourself. I think one of the things that happens when you start going through the perimenopausal period is there's almost like your body is insisting that you have to focus inward on what's going on with yourself, and and I think a lot of um, women are often other focused. Um, whether it's with their kids, their relationships, their work, their friends, their community. And I think partly what happens when you start going through menopause is that there is a shift about going inward and kind of going through your own inner uh, journey. So have, journaling can be helpful. That's one thing. Um, meditation can be really helpful. Um, I also think that there's it's a time when you when you have to really come up against what what is my deeper truth. And if you haven't been telling your truth um, for a lot of your, you know, if your life has been around trying to please others or say what people want to hear versus speaking your truth, I think that's the other thing you're kind of being called to get clear about what your truth is and to start giving it voice. And I think that's um, maybe that's part of the thing when you were mentioning it where people have that sense of kind of rage and they want to get that gun out and, and you know, take action. <laughs> and I think that's all the years 
when women haven't spoken their truth. And there's that sense of, I just, I'm not going to take it, you know, like that, that movie years ago, I'm not going to take it anymore, you know. Right. You know, I, you know, I, when I turned 50, I, and not only me, but some of my other friends, my other girlfriends said, uh, I've earned the right to tell people whatever I want to say and too bad if they can't take it. Like, I'm just going to say it and say it and say it. I'm not holding my tongue anymore. So it's a major change that you're discussing. I mean, really major. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it's often uh, intimidating for people, especially if you've been somebody who's mostly been a nice person, you know, nice in quotes, who's always been yeah. nice and tried to take, you know, to say the right thing and, and be, you know, what other people want you to be. And then suddenly it's just like, you can't censor yourself anymore. It's like, no, I'm going to start saying what I feel. I'm going to start speaking my truth. I'm going to start being who I am, and I'm not going to just pretend to be who I thought I should be. And uh, and that can certainly be uh, intimidating, in the, you know, especially for your your partner, uh, if you know your your beloved, your family, your friends. Um, that's why it's really helpful to have a group of girlfriends who are going through the same thing. At the time when I started going through the um, my perimenopausal phase, I actually had a, a women's group. We decided we we're going to call ourselves the menopause circle, but actually we were all still bleeding because we we're kind of all just in our 40s, still perimenopausal. But it was so helpful to just sit together. You know, we got together like once a month with a group of women and spend the, a few hours telling stories and talking about what was going on in our lives and our relationships and our sexuality uh, and our emotions, sharing stories about what it had meant to be a woman. And, um, and, and it was just really helpful to have that kind of support. So I think women's groups is another really powerful thing. So, okay, so you, those are very helpful suggestions that you made. Journaling, speaking your truth, uh, being in a women's group, and, you know, starting to really notice what's changing and what's, what's true for you. And, um, you know, uh, how do, if someone doesn't have access to this kind of thing, I mean, anyone has access, I guess, to a journal. Somebody can be writing, but if someone doesn't have access to a women's group, uh, would you suggest that she create one? Yeah, I would say that even if it doesn't even have to be a big group, you know, even if it's like two other girlfriends, two or three people that you can get together with. Um, and, and there's also, um, yeah, to just put it out there with your friends that you're, you know, let's get together and talk about some of this thing. One thing that's kind of a nice uh, you know, I've done is like having, you can even have the group meeting around dream work or manifesting and then, you know, find, begin to focus, you know, get, get them together to make a vision board about creating something in their life and reclaiming their power as women. And then as you get that group together, just start talking about, you know, this is what's going on for me. Is anybody else here having those symptoms or this experience? And maybe we should get together and talk about this once a month. Um, also, with, there's a, a great um, online group called Meetup, and it's a great way to meet other people who are interested in the same topic. So starting a menopause group on Meetup or finding one that's in your community that's already going or goddess groups, that sort of thing. Um, but then around that time, um, let's see, this would have been two, about two. I had, I had, as I mentioned, you mentioned in my introduction that I had been studying Tantra since 1989. I had my, I had a Kundalini awakening at that time. I had been married for 16 years. 
I um, went off to midwifery school in San Francisco, and during that year, my husband and I decided to split up, uh, and I um, got involved with a new uh, relationship, a kind of long-distance uh, relationship, and, and uh, really had a sexual reawakening. Didn't you know realize how kind of shut down I had become sexually towards the end of my marriage, and one one day making love had this amazing Kundalini experience. And um, and that was really kind of what got me interested in tantra. You're going to need to tell what a Kundalini awakening is. You know, yeah, I need okay. to tell, yeah, a little bit more about how, how that was and what it was like. Yeah, what it is. So so what happened was I, we were making love, and in the um, in the midst of that process, I just felt this huge wave of energy kind of come up out of my sacrum area out of my base of my spine and and I could just feel this thing like a wave going through all my chakras up you know in a wave through each chakra and then blasting and sort of out of my crown and with it like my consciousness went out into the universe and kind of expanded across the universe and it was it's hard to put into words such an experience but it was just like the most cosmic thing um I had experience up to that time. I'd had a few, I'd had some pretty cosmic experiences already in my life, but that one was very powerful. And I remember at some point being aware I was so out in the universe and I, and I somehow became aware of my, the, the man I was with and I wondered, I thought, is he having the same experience? And I was sure he had to be having it because it was so powerful. And, was uh, he? And when we came back into the, you know, and I finally, you know, I came back into my body eventually and got, you know, we're laying there together, and all of a sudden I turned to him, and I said, wasn't that the most amazing thing you've ever experienced? And he goes, oh, that was pretty good, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 that kundalini thing that shot out of my crown. Didn't you feel that? And he was like, no, he didn't experience it. So I was kind of like, wow, how did that happen? Right. And um, and so shortly after that, The Mirrors, a little blue book on Tantra came out, Tantra and the Path of Consciousness, I think it's called, or something like that. Right. And I and read so that. You found out after the fact what had really happened to you. You didn't really, you didn't have the words to put Kundalini awakening. No, I actually knew what the Kundalini was. I knew the word Kundalini. I knew about it because my mother, um, who was a psychologist and, inter- and interested in all kinds of alternative meditation and stuff, had had a was in a um, seven year relationship with a man who wrote a book called Kundalini or Psychosis, and Lee Sinella. And that book was kind of a cutting edge book at the time, and I had read it, uh, you know, when he first published it. And, um, so I knew about the, the Kundalini, and I knew it had something to do with Tantra, and so I, I went, after I had this experience, I was like, oh, that was a Kundalini experience. And, uh, and I gotta go read more about that. And, um, and so then I read the Muir's book, and then I think shortly after that, I got Margot's book, who's my teacher, Margot Anon, and her book is called The Art of Sexual Ecstasy. And I had that, you know, book around and I was using some of those tools in my, in my relationships and breathing together and connected breathing and, and bringing the energy up to the chakras and those sorts of experiences. But I wasn't like formally, you know, my practice because I really at that point, a few years, about 1990, late, late 80s and early 90s, I was really involved in shamanism as my spiritual practice and I was studying, um, with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies with Michael Harner. So I was really deep into that practice. And but I, I have to go back and ask you something. I mean, it's okay. really for argument's sake, but if sure. you, do you think you could have had this, if you knew that some of this was going on based on menopause, do you think if you had known 
you could have actually had a Kundalini awakening with your husband? Um, when you look back at it now. Well, at the time, I was only 30. I think I was just 32 when I had that experience. Uh-huh. But I think if I, I think that it's, um, hmm, that's a good question. I think that if my husband and I had practiced Tantra when we were married, we'd still be together. I think that's a wow. pretty pretty good I think that would have really I mean the tools that I've learned in sky dancing I think if I'd had those when I was married um that I would have that we would have been able to work through our stuff right, um, I want like, I just want to pause there for a second so okay. if you just tuned in you're listening to Tantra Cafe a program for spiritual enlightenment I'm Laurie Handler's your host and my guest today is Crystal Dawn Morris and we're actually talking about menopausal women pre and Perry and post, and we're talking about how women can stay juicy their whole lives. And Crystal Dawn has just been talking about her first awakening, her real sexual energy awakening, Kundalini, that went all the way through. And it was very powerful to hear you say if you had practiced Tantra with your ex-husband, you might still be together. That's an amazing. So we're going to stop with that thought, and we're going to come back and find out more about your growth and development and how the recommendations beyond uh, journaling, etc., that women can can use to stay juicy. Please stay tuned. Are you stuck in an area of your life? For example, having challenging or negative relationships? Are you feeling unfulfilled? Perhaps you're experiencing a lack of energy or possibly even tension in your body. I feel you need to call Kate Holt. Kate Holt is a core energetics practitioner. Whether you work with Kate in a group or in a private session, you'll feel like you're coming home to yourself. You'll become more comfortable in your own skin. You'll discover your unique gifts and be supported to bring them fully into the world. You'll be empowered to create the life you want and have more pleasure and fulfillment. Don't waste another minute feeling stuck. Really. Call 856-261-4900 for a consultation. Or... Visit www.kateholt.info. That's kateholt.info. Well, we're back on the air with Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and my guest today is Crystal Dawn Morris. And we were just talking about some pretty profound things, a profound Kundalini awakening experience that she had where her chakras experienced themselves from the lower part of her body, way out the crown. She had a cosmic uh, escapade, a cosmic voyage or journey out there, out outside of the body and in the one with it all. And, you know, thanks for saying that honestly in the last segment when I asked you about whether you think you could have stayed together with your husband. I'm, I'm asking you that because I think there's a lot of people who want to know about Tantra and they don't want to necessarily leave the one they're with. Right. They might, you know, they yeah. might want to know how they could stay together or even during menopause when they might want to shoot people like my friend did. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I think some of the great tools um with tantra that I that I've learned through studying sky dancing and, and the sky dancing tantra is basically the the um method that Margot Anon developed. Uh, at the behest of Osho, who was her, her, was her teacher, 
uh, and she, wonderful, the wonderful thing about Sky Dancing Tantra is that it uh, really weaves together both the Hindu Tantra, the Tibetan Tantra, a little bit of the Taoist, some of the Kwadoshka teachings, along with modern psychology and bioenergetics. So it's a very, um, and a little bit of NLP. So it's, it's a very, um, kind of holistic in that it's taking the best of everything and bringing it together and really focusing on how to reach a modern day, you know, audience. And you don't have to necessarily, you know, Tantra is not a religion. It's really a, a path of awakening, just like your show is about enlightenment. It's really how do you wake up? How do we become, uh, how do we recognize the divinity within ourselves and with our beloved? How do we get out of our, our thinking minds and out of the worry and anxiety and the of the modern life? And how to, how to really um, learn how to be more present? Um, more connected and to really have that ecstatic energy available to us all the time and that's one of the things that I really um, love about about this practice for myself and what I love about teaching it to others is really how to be one a breath away from ecstasy at any given moment and, that's and really, I think that, that piece is really important that we can be a breath away from ecstasy at any moment, like I always say to people, you're going to breathe anyway, so you might as well breathe and squeeze and breathe and do the practices. And I just, I actually just want to mention that everything that you talked about, that you, you know, you kind of enumerated a list of NLP and uh, bioenergetics and all these techniques, all these different schools of thought, all these different body processes. I've had shows, uh, and people can go to my archives, I've had shows on every single one of them. So okay. I just want to let people know in case they got stuck there, because you had a lot going on in that in that <laughs> statement. <laughs> yeah. you know? So, um, great. So what what's next? What would happen, like, if somebody's, like, really sweating or they're so uncomfortable and they have their women's group, and but it seems like they're struggling? What What would you say? Yeah. I think one of the things that can be really helpful is um, is really listening to your body, for one thing. So one of the practices that we do in sky dancing is what we talk the yoni talk. So letting you're letting your yoni, which is what we call the woman's um, genitals, um, speak through you in the first person. So it's really like this process of connecting deeply into your being and then giving your voice over to your yoni so it can tell you what it needs. So it's like really how do I connect to, how do I connect to my yoni how do I connect to my womb how do I let my body's wisdom tell me what it needs and it's amazing how I mean I, every time I do that practice I'm always amazed at how intelligent my yoni is she's like does these great ideas I would have never thought of I'm like oh wow you know that's a great idea um, well, what, and really, give us some examples give me some examples of what it might say to you if you were listening ah okay well let me see I'll just so in in the past I've had I've done that when I've had times when I've been trying to uh you know maybe overdo and my and she'll be telling me things like I need to slow down I need to be more loving to my body I need to self pleasure more uh, I need to be open to uh, having more uh, sex uh, I need to take time out in the land in 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 walking in nature. Um, some of those are some of the ideas, you know, some of the, the things. That's that great. Doing. That's a great list. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that. So people actually, they 
they, in the beginning, they've actually got to slow down long enough to listen and ask yes. the question. Yeah, and and the, and the, in that you know that part of your body is really holds a lot of wisdom, that that first and second chakra energy. And, and, and because when we're going through menopause, you know, our ovaries, our womb, and, and um, all of that area ha- is going through a lot of those kind of changes with the hormones. And that also does affect also, too, um, the pituitary and those areas in the brain that help secrete those hormones and that manage that. So also going into that, uh, the sixth chakra, the third eye, and really taking some time to, to really allow that intuition to come through. What is it that I'm needing? What, you know, because sometimes just intuitively you feel that you know that you need to change your diet or you need to um, change your, sometimes you have to change your job. I know for me, one of the things that started happening for me is I was working as a midwife at Kaiser, and I at one point that had been like my dream job. And things that were happening, you know, different doctors are coming in. The whole healthcare system was going through a lot of changes during the 90s. And it just became clear to me that, um, and also this part of me that was like couldn't not speak my truth was just starting to say things aren't, this is not working for me. And, this, and the way the birth was going where we're getting away from the natural birth and, you know, into everybody having epidurals and having elective C-sections and stuff that were um, not necessarily totally medically indicated. Some of these things that were coming into the to the um, field, as you might say, I was just like, you know, I this is just isn't feeling right to me. And um, I just was, it just became clear to me that I was going to have to leave. Um, either I was going to become bitter, I was going to become a bitter old midwife, or I needed to like step out of that for a while and pursue something else. Um, because it just didn't feel like the way there was so much fear and there was so much uh, emphasis on on not trusting the women, not trusting their bodies, not trusting birth, not trusting babies, not trusting the process, and wanting to control everything. And it just didn't feel healthy. And I knew I felt I had to take a step out of that. So sometimes even if you're doing something that you've been loving and passionate about, you may be, you know, it may just feel like you need to make that change. Um so, so listening to your yeah. body. Um, the other thing is really working with, you know, in in sky dancing we call it opening the inner flute, which is basically opening up those chakras and getting that energy flowing and getting that, you know, the kundalini energy moving through the body and removing any blocks. And and I, like when we were talking about the anger that can come up or the resistance. I mean, sometimes we've been holding on to old stuff in our life, uh, old wounds, old lovers, old, you know, disappointments or whatever those things that we're holding on in our, in our chakras that we need to make those, cut those cords. I don't know if you've ever had a show about cord cutting, but, um, I have had a show about cord cutting, but I have had a cord cutting. So it's uh, (laughs) just important to let people know that cord cutting is like a psychic kind of an exercise where whatever we're attached to or not letting go of, we actually have to make a motion and a very powerful motion of actually cutting those ties to our heart or anywhere else in our body that we feel we're totally tied to someone or something. Sometimes people have to do it with their children and just introduce some controversy. You may have to do cut a cord with a child or two. Uh, yeah, especially to, when they get start getting up into you know when they become teenagers or when they're kind of li- leaving home, 
that's often especially. I mean, when they're little kids, it's usually appropriate to have some cords with your children who are dependent on you. But as they get older and they start to become more independent, then it's definitely appropriate to cut cords. With old past lovers, I mean, um, people, especially if you've had a lot of past lovers, I mean, every to me, when you've had intercourse with somebody, there's a cord there. And unless you're consciously cutting those cords when you end the relationship, people have these cords going all over to their past lovers, you know. And that can that saps your energy. So cutting those cords and um and then calling back your own energy it can be really powerful way to kind of get back into your own wholeness and uh it could be all disappointments about you know jobs you know that you've quit or had to leave for some reason or or places where you had to move away when you weren't ready as a child even with those with friends that you had to leave behind when your parents chose to move or um all kinds of things so doing so pra- practice and it's a shamanic practice actually that you're talking yeah. about I mean yeah, it's a yeah, cord cutting yeah. ritual, and um, actually, I'm going to be making a, I'm going to make up a, a, a audio on that in the near future. That's one on one of my to do lists. Um, so you heard it here on Tantra Cafe. <laughs> so I'll have that on my website eventually. She's going to make um, a CD about cutting the cords to the past. Yes, and I and it's in. I usually work with them, like the Archangel Michael is one thing that some people work with, or you can do it from a Buddhist perspective. You can do it with a, one of the Dakinis, which are the sort of the fierce, the fierce angelic goddess type beings that carry the little cutting knife to cut the cords. And I've done it several, I've done it often, and I I do it often in my different one of them in different workshops I teach. And it's very powerful for people to do that and to reclaim your power and get your, really clean your energetic body up so that you can just be whole onto yourself, which is the meaning of the word virgin, you know, is to be whole onto yourself. And I think in some ways when you start going through menopause, you're reclaiming your virginity in a sense of I'm becoming whole unto myself as a woman and not beholden to all people in the world, you know. You make it sound like it's, uh, and, and it, I wish someone had made it sound like it was a worthwhile experience, something to look forward to, to anticipate, rather than this horrible nightmare of just hot, hot, hot flashes and fountains through the face, et cetera, et cetera. So you're making it sound like a really, like a fabulous time to just reclaim self. If well, I you, think it- I think it can be if we if we're if we have the right support around us, but most of us don't. Most of us are are out there trying to push ourselves through because we're also for for most of us we're still living in a in a patriarchal paradigm where we think we're supposed to make you know keep going and not slow down and not change and just push ourselves through it and um, and really not necessarily focus on listening to our body or listening to our feelings. Or slowing down and making some changes so we can be more, uh, in t- you know, like it's like how do I be in the flow? Because the feminine right. energy is really about how do I be in the flow? Yeah. And the masculine is like about you know directionality and I'm just gonna go. And sometimes uh, I think in menopause or, or in that perimenopausal period, those two uh, aspects kind of can clash. And uh, if you try to stay onto the, you know, forcing it, I'm not gonna listen. Uh, then they, I think that does intensify what's going on in the body because yeah. the body keeps trying to get your attention. Pay attention to me. 
And well, as I as I said earlier, I you know I finally just got the concept, the feminine concept of surrender, and I just surrendered to it. When I stopped resisting it and fighting with the the sweats, the the intensity and all the feeling of out of control got got really a whole lot less. So we're gonna yeah. we're just gonna pause here for a moment. Um, okay. If you feel stuck in your life, just like some of the things we're talking about, I recommend that you call Kate Holt. She's a core energetics practitioner, and you can reach her at kateholt.info or 856-261-4900 for a consultation about experiencing blocks in your energy, blocks in your body, blocks in your life. We have just been talking to Crystal Dawn Morris, and she's talking about different ways during the menopausal years how a woman can reclaim herself. And let me come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about the juice. So please stay tuned. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release in Latihan, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try the CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at ButterflyWorkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to ButterflyWorkshops.com and get your copy now. And walk free from emotional baggage. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment, and I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. Today, I'm talking with Crystal Dawn Morris, and we're really talking about the changes that a woman goes through and some of the steps that she can take to remain juicy and actually to remain sane during her perimenopausal, menopausal, and postmenopausal years. And Crystal Dawn is a midwife. She's a nurse. She's been involved in sky dancing tantra since 1989. And she really, she said something very cool in the last segment about being one breath away from ecstasy. So along that note, what can you share with us about actually the juice? You've told us kind of how to set up, you know, how to set our life up, but what's some of the real hands-on things that women can do? I know, for example, I take bioidentical hormones, and that I was never unjuicy, but I'm now, since I, I guess about the last year, I've been taking bioidentical hormones, which are not as dangerous as uh hormone replacement therapy, and I feel juicier than ever, like my libido actually returned in almost full force, possibly full force. So what can women, what else can women do that might be short of taking uh, hormones? What else can they do? Yeah, I, well, as I was saying, you know, there's, there's, the, there's the bioidentical hormones and, the, and some different, there's different herbal supplements, and, and I, I use wild yam and uh, some other different supplements when I was going through that uh, that were helpful. But to, uh, from a tantric perspective, the things I would I would like to suggest are doing practices like 
this opening the inner flute where you're breathing your energy up from your root and through each chakra and really doing that as a breath meditation on a daily basis. Um, what does um, inner flute mean? Because um, so inner, the inner flute. flute is the term that Margot uses, and it's basically um, another. You might say in the, the in the Indian tradition, in the Hindu tradition, they would call it the shishuma. It's that tube of energy or the central channel in the Chinese, where it kind of goes from the base of the perineum, the root, all the way up to the crown, where you're imagining there's that little channel of uh, that where the energy can flow through all the chakras. And uh, so in Sky Dancing, we call it the inner flute. And it's really that practice of learning to use your, your the three keys of Tantra, which are the breath, sound, and movement. And I like to, because I'm a midwife, I think of, I tell everyone you're tantric from the moment you were born, because the first thing you did when you were born is you took a breath. The second thing you did was you made a sound, which was usually crying. And the third thing you did was start moving. And so from the birth on, you're, you're being tantric. You just may not know it. And so learning how to use that breath sound and movement to move your energy up through that inner flute and really um, as you begin to practice that on a regular basis, it just becomes very easy to move that energy. And then um, in uh, my workshops, I have my, my, uh, they're called Awakening the Ecstatic Body. And the first one is called um, Opening the Path to Bliss, and that's really learning how to move the energy through the inner flute. The second one's called From the uh, Full Body Orgasm and Beyond. And so that's learning how to have, expand your capacity for pleasure. So how do you become that bigger, uh, instead of being just a little tiny tube, how can I become this big giant, you know, storm drain of, of pleasure, so a huge pipe that pleasure can move through. And, it's, it just um, sounds like what you're talking about could make somebody juicy just in the thought of it. Yeah, exactly. So then you, so then I teach people on that weekend how to really become, how to open that their whole energy body up to being pleasurable, and how to create, how to take that sexual energy from the root, the first and second chakra, and move it throughout their entire body. So that they can have that streaming, that energy that we, with what we call it in sky dancing, streaming, but you may have heard of it as like kriyas, um, in, in yoga. They talk about it as kriyas, or it's that kundalini so, energy. So what you're referring to is a time when people are sort of, they're at a place where they're relatively out of control. The body just takes over. The involuntary musculature takes right. over the body. It happens during orgasm often, like the body's musculature just goes into orgasm. But what you're describing is like lasts longer and really goes out of control. And once someone has it in their body, they, their body can do this anytime. They just might go into an orgasmic state without even thinking or being in a sex act. It could be they could right. be at a speaker. They could be in an auditorium with somebody putting on a presentation and their body just starts to contract and, and rock. Uh, right. So yeah, basically it's that ability to allow that ecstatic energy to flow throughout your body um, independent of the sex act. So it's just really learning how to just breathe that energy up, and it can happen spontaneously or it can happen consciously. And it can, at first, when you're first learning it, can be quite, you know, intense and your whole body's vibrating. What I've learned now is that I can just walk around and have that kind of going on, uh, anytime I want, and I could be in standing in the line at the bank, and I can 
be feeling that orgasmic energy without having my whole body gyrating because that makes people uncomfortable when you do that in the line at the bank, right? <laughs> or at the supermarket. Because I used to, when I was first learning this, it was kind of so much fun. I would just be like streaming around and my whole body be vibrating and, you know, people get a little uncomfortable. So I learned how to like, how to do it in a more subtle way. And, um, one of the keys to that is once you get that energy moving, and there's a there's a wonderful um, Osho meditation called the Osho Kundalini meditation that um, I recommend for people to who want to learn more about how to do that. It's an hour long meditation that begins with this teaching you how to get your whole body shaking. Like by sh- first you kind of are shaking it, and you know subtly, and then you, it begins eventually. Like you said, the body begins to do start, you know, doing its own thing. So you're not doing anything and the energy is just shaking you. And then you go into sort of ecstatic dance and then you end by um, sitting and witnessing the energy flowing through you and then finally laying down in silence. And uh, that's a really wonderful, it's an hour-long meditation. You can get it on a CD and it's called the Osho Kundalini Meditation. And um, so so uh, the other aspect of that, once you get that streaming uh key is the key to being relaxed in high states of arousal um, because tendency is when people are getting excited and turned on and orgasmic is their body contracts and for men that's when they'll ejaculate and for women that's when they'll have a genital orgasm and and if we instead as we get really close instead of contracting and kind of going for it we relax totally then they, we can have that ability for that orgasm ecstatic energy to spread throughout our physical body and our energetic body and then we can like go into these sort of states of like we call the valley orgasm where you just kind of expand into the universe and then you can begin to build that excitement again and keep doing that and that's creating that multi-orgasmic response but a woman can do this on her own like you're i mean you're kind of a little bit you're talking about partner sex here and um it, for a woman to stay juicy, even if she doesn't have, I mean, because I, in my life, I know some older women who feel to me like they're dried up and they don't want to be dried up and they want to reestablish their juice. But, you know, are you saying they can do this by themselves? And can yeah, it I mean, any you can age? absolutely do it. You can do it um, through self-pleasuring, which is an, a good practice to have, even if you don't have a lover, to be pre- pleasuring yourself on a regular basis. And and some people might know that in term of masturbation, and that's one aspect of self-pleasuring is, you know, stimulating your genitals. You can use the little wands to do the G-spot, all kinds of different toys out there for that. But there's also even just loving your body and pleasuring yourself in other ways, like self-massage, bubble bath, water, you know, I'm stimulating yourself with a water wand. I mean, you know, all those things to bring pleasure into the body. I mean, I think we really, women thrive on pleasure, for pleasure's sake, and men probably do too, but I, I'll speak for women. Since I am one, I know what I I, I, I think. I, and I've been working with women for over 20 years, so I can I feel pretty confident to say that women thrive on pleasure, and we need that. And I think when we don't aren't in a relationship, we often think that we just have to somehow, you know, deny ourselves, get that through shopping or something or, you know, reading or whatever. But I think actually physical pleasure is really important. Getting body work regularly, connecting with your girlfriends and brushing each other's hair, massaging each other's feet, um, you know, going to a hot springs and just being in the warm water, giving yourself, you know, having a bubble bath, dancing. I mean, ecstatic dance is an awesome thing um, to do. 
And it's great to get together with your girlfriends and do these things. I mean, there's, there, there is a reason why belly dancing is a practice that's done by women in, in the Middle East. It's done by women for women, not for men. Belly dancing was designed for women to come together and keep themselves juicy by moving those hips and keeping that juice flowing and really, and the whole way the body moves in belly dancing is to get that kundalini energy flowing through the body. That's and so really, great. What a great, uh, what a great example of that. Really, really great. Well, I, I want to, um, I want to let people know how they can get in touch with you, Crystal Dawn, because I think it's really important. You said that, uh, you, you're the founder of Tantra for Awakening. Is that the website? How, what, yes. how do yes. get in touch uh, with you? I'm the founder of Tantra for Awakening, and that's the website, Tantra, uh, F-O-R, Awakening, for Awakening, uh, dot com. And I'm also, I almost finished with this book I've been working on for quite a while, and it's called, um, Awakening Your Inner Goddess, How to Be a Juicy Woman in 30 Days or Less. And so that's gonna be out, hopefully in the next month, month to six weeks or so. And that'll be out first on an e- as an ebook. And so yes. keep your, uh, keep your eyes open. I do have a monthly newsletter that I send out. Um, I have a couple of videos, uh, out on YouTube, and there also will be linked. I'm in the process of, of updating my website right now, so the new one will be out in the next few weeks. Great. Uh, Great. And, so, uh, yeah, so and people I also should have look a, for people should look for this book, Awakening Your Inner Goddess, and they should look for that at the TantraForAwakening.com website. Yeah. Crystal Dawn, thank you so much. Um, Pardon? If you, if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll get all that information about my workshops and. And you know products and everything. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, well, Crystal it's, Dawn, it's been wonderful having you on my show today. I wish I had you in my life when I first started noticing all these things happening to me, these changes happening to me. Your suggestions are excellent, and um, uh, luckily I am still a juicy woman. And um, absolutely, and, I can attest to that. <laughs> but I had to go it alone, you know. So now it's wonderful to know that there are people like you. Uh, in the universe who are helping women make it through this huge rite of passage and mm. and changes of the body. I thank you so much for being my guest today, and I, I want to let people know that my guest next week will share with us more tantric secrets and why you might consider taking tantra into your life. I mean, it, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. So I, I'm hoping that you'll come back and enjoy some more secrets about tantra. In the meantime, I'm saying goodbye to you, Crystal Dawn, and saying namaste from Tonka Namaste. Namaste. Namaste, Lord. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It was awesome. And I look forward to seeing you again in, in person soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody. Namaste from Tantra Cafe.